I'm just so thankful. Uh, first Sunday of the year, no better place to be than in church, and I'm really glad that you're here today. Um, man, 2024, it's here. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Because it's here. It's here. Ready or not, it's here. And uh, it's already shaping up to be an amazing year. I mean, you think about this, guys. I just want you to think about how God is already on the move. Think about this. The Lions are in the playoffs. Like, no matter what. They can lose today again. They can lose two games in a row at the end of the season and still in the playoffs. God is real. <laughs> Michigan Wolverines playing for a national championship? This is my year. This is God's gift to me. I'm already feeling the favor of the Lord, all right? I don't even care if we lose a national championship. We beat Alabama. Ooh, I felt good. That just felt good not to be embarrassed again. I know, I know maybe you can't relate uh, because the Chiefs have been dominant so long. But the Royals fans know what I'm talking about. The Royals fans know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, but 2024, man, this is, this is just so fun. And, you know, I, last night even, I was taking some time. And uh, I, love, I love the beginning of the year. I do think it, I know it's just technically a day on the calendar. Uh, but I really do believe there's something significant about a new year. And so I was taking some time even last night. Uh, talking with Jen, and uh, just, just looking back over 2023, and we're just like, man, look at how God provided here, look how God provided here, look what God did there, can you remember this? And it's, it's fun just to talk about what God is doing and, um, and get ready for what God's going to do, uh, because, uh, because 2024, it's, it's going to be amazing, it's going to be incredible, I really believe that. And how many of you would say 2023 was an amazing year for you? Just raise your hand if you say, like, it was an amazing year. How many of you are more glad that 2023 is behind you uh, than, than you are having been in it? Okay, so um, how many of you, though, no matter if it was great or if it was, like, your best year ever or maybe a year you can't wait to forget, how many of you would say you at least had one battle in 2023? Just raise your hand if you had at least one, okay? Some of you are battle-free. That's amazing. You can mentor us. The rest of us who had at least one, I had a lot of battles in 2023, like literally walking through them like, man, okay, there was there, there was this, there was this. Like, again, we were talking about it last night, and God has shown up, God had shown up in so many ways. And that's what I want to talk about as we get ready, 2024, as you are entering this, I want to talk to you about being battle ready. Everybody say battle ready. Battle ready, ready because being ready makes all the difference. Like, if you're ready for something when it, when it hits you, it's, it hits you different, right? So I remember when we were, uh, we found out that we were gonna have our first child cruise. We were not ready to be parents. We had this, this plan. We had a plan sometimes. You know, you have a plan. And then God has another plan. And so we had this plan. We're gonna be like, okay, we're gonna travel. We're gonna do these things. And then we'll, we'll wait to have kids. And and I mean, it wasn't long, maybe just a year in to our marriage, and, and I was on the phone with a friend, and Jim was like, oh, I'm, you know, a little late, I'm take a pregnancy test. Okay, cool, and then, no big deal. I mean, no, we're not pregnant. God wouldn't do that to us, because we have plans. And I remember, I remember I was on the phone with a friend, I was like, like looking to buy this camera, and, and Jen, I just, I just, I was in the living room, and she went to the bathroom, and I just remember her going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, and I'm hearing this, and I'm like, um, I have to let you go, because I think my world just changed, um, 
<laughs> and so I went to the bathroom. She was, she was literally on the floor curled up and like crying like, oh, no, oh, no. And I just remember like, wow. God, how did this happen? <laughs> and I remember God said, I, I think you know exactly how this happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were not ready. We were not ready at all. We were not ready for it. And, but then we start, but like within 24 hours, we were excited. We were like, okay, yes, it's going to be amazing. And we started, we started praying over Cruz and just praying who he'd be and what he would become. And, and uh, so we start, you know, of course, new parents, you kind of know this, you start getting all the stuff. You need a lot of stuff to be ready for a, for a baby. And so, you know, we got all the stuff and the shower and the crib and the car seat and swaddle techniques. I was working on all the swaddle techniques. I knew all of them. I was ready to go. I was ready to go. And then right before, I thought I was ready. <laughs> and then right before, we're in the hospital, and right before the, you know, the, they're, they're showing you these videos. They're like, hey, we want you to just watch a couple of these videos before we let you go home with the baby. And I'm like, this is, I mean, I'm ready. I've already done everything. And one of them was a, a video called Never Shake a Baby, you know. And, and I just remember, I remember, like, I was like, what kind of monster could be capable of that? What kind of person could do that? I would never do that. Three days in, <laughs> emotions and feelings came over me that I have never experienced before. Cruz had colic, crying nonstop, no swaddle tech. I was shh, shh, shh. I was side, I was shh. I was doing this, the whole thing, and I he was colicky, crying nonstop. We were living with Jen's parents, and, uh, you know, of course, that's a whole thing. Not sure that was a great decision now looking back on it, but we were living with their parents at the time. So we go in, and I, and, and, and I just remember, uh, put the baby down, walk away. Put the baby down, walk away. Put the baby down, walk away. Because I had feelings, y'all. <laughs> I had feelings that I've never had before. But I was ready for the battle. <laughs> I was ready for the battle. There is a big difference in experiencing a battle and being ready for the battle. And so uh, the odds are this year we're going to face a battle or two. As, as we start this year, maybe some of you are already in it. But the, the reality is we're going to face battles. We're going to face battles. So how are we going to face those battles? And I really believe this year is going to be a year of victory for us. I really believe it's God's will. I believe God has good things that he wants to do for us. That's not just pop psychology. That's not just well-wishing. That's God's will. God wants to be good. God wants to work good things in our life. But it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. We're going to face battles. The question is, will we be battle ready? I want to give you a verse, 1 Corinthians 15. This is, I really believe this is just encapsulates a, little, a, a bit of God's heart, but it says the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. So there is, there is stuff that stings, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory. Everybody say victory. victory. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. How? Jesus overcame death, hell, and the grave. He is the ultimate overcomer. It doesn't get any more victorious than overcoming death, hell, and the grave. And so Jesus does that, and Jesus gives us that ability as well. But in order to win, you need to, you need to know two things. You need to know how to fight, and you need to know who you're fighting against. 
need to know how to fight, and you need to know who, who you're fighting against. Ephesians chapter six, the apostle Paul breaks this down. He understands, he understands what our battle is, because a lot of times we, we misunderstand our battle, and he understands what our battle is, and he breaks it down, and he gives us those two things. The first thing is, is this you see in verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, my problem is not with you. Just tell them real quick. My problem is not with you. You may have had a fight on the way to church, but your struggle is not with the person sitting next to you. It's against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, so is that true? Let me just think about that. If that's true, then that we gotta know who our enemy is. And we gotta know where our battles need to be waged. And he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, so when the battle comes, you may be ready. You may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. The greatest battles that we face, the primary battle, the real battle that we face is spiritual. It's spiritual. The spiritual reality is the greater reality. And so in this passage, we're not gonna take time to look at it right now, but the Apostle Paul, he, he talks about how do we fight these battles, putting on the full armor of God, and he talks about what that looks like. He talks about things like prayers of the saints, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. This is how we engage the spiritual battles that we face. Okay, our battles are spiritual. Well, how do we engage them? We fight them spiritually. We fight them spiritually, or at least we should. A lot of times, a lot of times we don't. A lot of times we fight them in the flesh and we get beat up and we get worn down and we want to throw in the towel and want to give up. But when we fight in the flesh, we will lose. But when we fight spiritual battles spiritually, we have the opportunity to win. And I want to look at a, a story, an example, because there's nothing like a story. There's nothing like an example to see how somebody else did this to help us be inspired and equipped on how to do this ourselves. And so I want to look at a story in the Old Testament uh, a, great, a great name named Jehoshaphat. Everybody say Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. There's like four of you who said it. Come on, everybody say Jehoshaphat. <laughs> All right, it's a fun name to say. We're gonna call him Jephat for short. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's the king of Judah, which at this time in Israel's history, the nation is divided. So you have the northern kingdom, which is, the, which is known as the kingdom of Israel, and you have the southern kingdom, which is the kingdom of Judah. And he, and for the most part, Judah honored God, at least up until this point. Israel had turned their back on God, and they had a terrible king, uh, King Ahab and Jezebel. You all heard about Jezebel. That's, that's during this time. So you have King Ahab and Jezebel in the north, and then before uh, Jehoshaphat, you have King Asa. And he tried to do what was right, ended up turning back from God at the end, but Jehoshaphat gives us a clinic on how to be battle ready. What are you gonna do when the battles come for you? You wanna be battle ready. Second Chronicles chapter 20. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We'll have it for you on the screen, but if you're taking notes, write that down. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And what I wanna do is I wanna take a deep dive and look at his life because it very, it's a very interesting character study on how to be battle ready. And there's three things that we're gonna look at over the next three weeks. 
Three things over the next three weeks, just taking a little bit of a break from Matthew. But I want to look at these things. The first thing that we're going to look at that he's going to show us is how to pray the way. Second thing he's going to show us is how to stay true to the word. And then the third thing he's going to show us is how to win with worship. How to pray the way, stay true to the word, and how to win with worship. How are we going to survive the battles that are inevitably going to come our way? I really believe this is our battle-ready plan. Pray the way, stay true to the word, and win with worship. And so we're going we're to talk about being battle-ready. Today we're going to talk about praying the way. Pray the way. Everybody say pray the way. Pray the way. And that's, that's the, what we're going to focus on today. And again, this is, this is Jehoshaphat. He's the king of Judah. And early on in his reign, he did his best to honor God. And he did his best to stay away from the things that would lead him away from God, namely the king of Israel, King Ahab and Jezebel. So he, he stayed away from them, but then eventually he gets, he gets lulled into helping them. Even though, and we're going to look at this next week, even though he knows it's not, it's not going to end well. God tells him, like, don't do this. This is going to end badly for you. But he, he forms an alliance. He goes to war alongside of Ahab, and it goes badly. He almost loses his life over it. It's, it's a bad situation. But he learns a valuable lesson. He learns a valuable lesson. Seek God first and trust God most. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. We don't have it on the screen, so that's bonus material. But seek God first and trust God most. He learns this, and it, it gets imprinted in his soul. And it's actually a valuable thing because he's going to need to apply this lesson that he learns very soon. And that starts in 2 Chronicles uh, verse 1. I'm sorry, chapter 20, verse 1. And we're going to learn about how to be battle-ready and how to pray the way. So if you're ready to jump in, say I am. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 1, after this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Mayunites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Let me pause for a moment. The, the question is why? Like why, you ever read in the, the Bible, these, the Old Testament stories, like why are these guys always fighting each other? Like why do people fight? Why, why, is, why are wars being waged? And, and the simple, I mean, because Jehoshaphat is just trying to, he's just trying to honor God. He's just trying to do what God's told him to do. In fact, right before this, again, in chapter 19, he, he really sets out to do what God wants him to do. And all of a sudden, these enemies are coming against him. In that day, when, when people would go to battle, it wasn't like, all right, now your government's going to like pay taxes to us now, and we're going to do that. No, the, when they would take over a country, they would kill all of the leadership. They'd kill a lot of the people and take all of their stuff. And spiritually, it's symbolic about the enemy or the, the battles that we face as well. When the enemy comes against us, that's exactly what it is to do. It's to take us out, to take us captive, and to take what God has given us. Now, that was worth coming to church for because that's true, and I have seen that. When the enemy comes against you, it's to take you out, to take what God has given you, and to take you captive. Jesus said it another way, right? He said, the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Very interesting how these parallels work, but that's exactly what these nations are doing. They're wanting to take out the nation of Judah. And so this is, this is massive. This is massive. 
Jehoshaphat is going to be faced with this very, very difficult situation. This isn't, oh, man, you won, I lost, I'll go home, good game. None of that's happening here. Like, this is like life or death type of stuff. And, you know, the reality is we face those battles, too. We face life and death battles. So what are we going to do when those battles come for us? And so verse 2 said, uh, some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army, everybody say vast army, army. is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hezazan, the Tamar, which is En Gedi, vast army. We don't know how big vast is, but vast sounds pretty big. And vast, when it's an army that is not your army and is coming out to get you, is not a good situation. And so this is a terrifying moment, and I love how the Bible shows us how he responds. Verse 3, it says that Jehoshaphat was alarmed. Alarmed. Someone British must have wrote that, right? He was alarmed. You know, the British are so chill. Like, so it was, it was, it was quite, it was a tad bit alarmed of the situation he was facing. Alarmed? <laughs> what? What kind, of, what kind of translation? The word is the, in Hebrew is yare, which means afraid. He was afraid. The dude is afraid. He's about to get beat and have everything taken from him. There's so many ways he could have responded. <laughs> There's so many ways. I mean, he's alarmed. He, he, he could have been, he could have, he's terrified. He's frozen. He's frozen with fear. I'm not talking about Disney frozen with singing snowmen about how great summer is. I'm talking about frozen. This is bad. And there's so many things he could have done. He could have have ran to the wicked king of Israel. Said, hey, can you help us? Can you do something here? He could have run away. But he doesn't do that. Watch what happens when Jehoshaphat gets terrified. When he gets afraid, what does he do? Verse 3. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. He resolves to seek God because he understands something really important that we just talked about. Seek God first. Seek God most. Prayer is the primary battle plan when you're up against it. It's the first thing we should do. I mean, think about this. He doesn't start strategizing. He doesn't call all of his friends. He doesn't post a selfie video about how depressed he is. He doesn't even ask Alexa. He goes to God because he understands something really important. If you're taking notes, write this down. Prayer is where the power is. Prayer is where the power is. Prayer has got to be the first thing that we do because prayer is the most important thing that we can do. Prayer is where we align our hearts with God and his purposes, and we tap in to our spiritual power source. That's why it can't be our last resort. It has to be our first response. And it's something that uh, S.D. Gordon taps into. He says, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you've prayed. You feeling that? Like, you can, you can do something after you've prayed, but you got to pray first because prayer is where the power is. Prayer is where you're aligning with God. It's where you're tapping it, where you're plugging in to the electrical power source. It's it's where you're getting on uh, high speed, Wi-Fi. You guys remember dial-up? Anybody remember dial-up? I know young people, you have to just go Google this because you have no idea, but it used to take 30 seconds to connect to the internet. 30 seconds. 
if it's more than a second now, we're like, what's going on? But like when we're plugged in, when we're plugged into prayer, it's high speed. It's like high speed. We're like connected to the power source. Prayer is where the power is. James chapter five says this, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It's powerful. When you're praying, you're not just doing nothing. You're doing the most important thing. It's hard though, isn't it? Because prayer feels like it, it feels kind of like, is anybody out there? It feels like, is this really working? And the answer is yes and yes. There is someone out there and it is working. Prayer is where the power is. In fact, Jesus talks a lot about prayer and he makes a lot of pretty significant claims about the power of prayer. Look at this in Mark chapter 11. It says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you will receive it and it will be yours. Everybody say, wow. wow. That's pretty impressive. Now that's not just some random dude saying it. Jesus Christ, John chapter 14, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. Everybody say, wow. wow. That's amazing. Not some random dude just saying it. Jesus Christ. Okay, thank you. just make sure we're all together. <laughs> Lord and Savior, Messiah. Okay, Matthew 21. If you believe. You will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Everybody say, wow. wow. Not some random dude saying that. It's Jesus Christ. That's amazing. Can you think about that? That's crazy. Jesus is saying, if you pray and you're, we're all in, like, we're together here, whatever you ask for, you can have that. For real? Does it put any qualifiers on it? Does it put any, like, yeah, you can ask for this, but I won't do that. He's like, no, just if we're, in, if we're in agreement, if we're in alignment, if you're walking with me and if you believe, you ask, it's yours. Crazy. The, the power of prayer is, is significant. And so that's why Jehoshaphat calls, he, he inquires of the Lord. And look at this. Not only does he, does he inquire of the Lord, let's go back to 2 Chronicles 20, but he gets everybody else to inquire of the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3 says, And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. So he prays, and then he leads others to pray. And then he calls them to fast. And that's why it's a great day to be in church today, because we're starting 21 days of fasting and prayer today. And I want to encourage you to jump in and join us. Now, if you've never fasted, that's okay. It's, it's, I want to encourage you to just, you know, take a step. That, we're all about steps here at Summit Park. We just want to encourage you to take a step. 21 days of fasting and prayer. And the way, we do, the way we're doing this, there's all kinds of different fasts you can do. Some people do the Daniel fast. Some people do a total fast. You can do any of those. We kind of do like a choose-your-own-adventure here at Summit Park. So we want you to determine what you want. Like, talk to God about it. Find out what the Lord has for you. Um, the idea with fasting, let me just take a moment and talk about this. The idea with fasting is it's, it's like dedication. It's a dedication. It's a special set-apart seeking of God. It has so many benefits. It slows our spirits down. I mean, it makes us less anxious. It brings perspective. It makes us more aware of what God is saying and what God is doing. And the idea is, is to fast things that, that like, 
control you or that like you give a lot of attention to and take that attention and give it to God. So like fast things that like, that you know, would you really need to fast? Like, so probably don't fast salads or healthy eating. You know, like that's, I'm like, I'm really just gonna fast that. I'm just gonna eat junk for 21 days. Fast things that like, that matter. That, that, like that, like you, some of you, like if you spend a lot of time on social media, like it, you, you're scrolling all the time, this would be a great opportunity for you to fast social media for 21 days. I'm not on social media, so it's not much for me to sacrifice that. So, but I'm gonna sacrifice television, I'm gonna sacrifice um, sweets, added sugar, and I'm gonna do a total fast or a liquid-only fast for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday leading up to first Wednesday, and I'll break it after Wednesday. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm, that's what I'm gonna do for the 21 days. I'm gonna do 21 days of no TV except for playoff football. Come on, somebody. I mean... God loves me too much. He even asked me to do that. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that, and and I'm really excited. I'm really, I'm really hungry for the Lord, and I'm really believing that God is gonna use this as an opportunity to draw all of us closer to Him. And I believe that He wants to do something powerful in all of our lives. It's, 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 it's who He is. It's what He does every year. He wants to do this, and I also think it's an opportunity for us to get ready. See. Jehoshaphat knew the battle he was facing. You, you may not know the battle you're facing, but you can still be battle ready by taking some time, 21 days of fasting and prayer to seek God. We have our website. I wanna show you our website. We have uh, some details on fasting and prayer, some resources here. If you go to Summit Park Church, uh, 21 days of fasting and prayer, link, what is fasting, why we fast, types of fasting, the benefits. So there's some resources there for you that you can check out and, and just be encouraged. Like, Because if you're like, hey, I've never done this before, help me understand this. You can go to our website. We've got that for you. But I want to encourage you to take a step this year and do it. Do, take, take a step. Fast something. Give up something so that you can have more of God, more clarity. Something that you go to a lot, maybe sports radio, or just turn off and say, like, God, I'm going to listen to you. And then take more time and pray, and pray. The question is, how do we pray? Like, how do we actually pray? And that's what Jehoshaphat does in this passage. He gives us a clinic, a virtual clinic, literal clinic on prayer. And so I wanna show you the four things that he does. I'm gonna give you those things to you, and then we're gonna walk through just these verses, and then we're gonna take a little bit of time and worship and pray at the end. But number one, he praises God for who he is. Number two, he reminds himself of what God has done. Uh, number two, uh, three, he presents the needs that he has, and then he, he is humble and confident. So I want to encourage all of us to do, take a note, take a picture, take that. Okay, praise God for who he is, remind yourself what God has done, present the needs you have, and be humble and confident. Let me show this to you, verse five. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the nations of the, uh, all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. He starts his prayer not by telling God all of his problems, not by complaining about how, di how difficult his situation is. Nothing wrong with that, but he starts with praise. Praise God for who he is. When you pray... And Jesus will tell us to do something very similar, right? He says, start with our Father, 
who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. He starts worshiping God. He starts praising God for who he is. Jehoshaphat specifically identifies who God is, the God of our ancestors, the God in heaven, the one who is the ruler. Like just doing that all of a sudden takes your perspective in your mind from the situation that you're facing and places it on him. It places it on him. I want to encourage you. You could, you could start your prayer time with that. Maybe you turn on some worship, keep it in the background, but then just start verbalizing these realities to God. God, you are the God who made heaven and earth. God, you are the God who is the creator. You can start reciting the names of God. You are my father. You are my redeemer. You can start thinking about how awesome that is. And God, you've redeemed me, and I didn't deserve it, but you, you called me, and you brought me. You, you took me out of the miry clay. You can start throwing some psalms in there and get really creative. God, you're my righteousness. God, you care for me. You're here for me. You're with me. And as you start doing that, as you start worshiping him, your faith begins to grow. Your faith begins to grow and your perspective shifts from your situation to the one who can do something about your situation. Jehoshaphat continues, verse 7. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? He's like, oh, God, hey, I remember when you did that. God, I remember when you, you you're the one who, who had your hand in that whole situation with Abraham. Remember when you did that? How many of you know God doesn't need reminding of what he's done? He's got a perfect memory. But we need to be reminded and so as we remind him, we're really reminding ourselves. And we just start praising him for it. God, I thank you that you've provided for me. I thank you that you provided my spouse for me. God, I prayed so many times for a wife. And God, you provided Jen. Thank you so much. God, I thank you for my kids. Cruz was a surprise, but Lord, he's turned out to be such a great surprise. God, I thank you for our house. Thank you for uh, the 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 way you've provided for our church. You called us here. You, you start recounting. And this is the cool thing about actually walking with God for a long time, for praying for things and experiencing him come through for you because your list gets longer. And all of a sudden, man, your faith gets stronger. So it's, it's actually really good to keep a testimony list of ways that God has come through for you. So when you're facing the battle, you can go through and you can be like, man, you, God, you did this, you did this, you did this. You did this. I know. See, here's the thing. The enemy, what he wants to do, he wants to shake your faith. He wants to shake your faith. And when you go through and you start listening to testimonies, you say, nah, it, that, that's not possible. That's not just coincidence. Because we prayed specifically and God came through for us. That's why I want to encourage you over the next 21 days, let's pray some specific, big, bold prayers and let's see God come through for us. Let's see what God can do. Then you'll have another Another one to put on the list. You start, you start talking about reminding yourself of what God has done. Then he continues. They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear and save us. He starts, he starts reminding himself of the commitment he made to God. That's a little bonus Bonus material for you. We don't have, a, don't have that listed down, but it's good to remind yourself, no, God, I made a commitment. I'm going to stay true to this commitment. You may need to do that over the next 21 days. <laughs> God, no, I said I was going to give that up. I'm going to give that up. I can make it 21 days without Instagram by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Verse 10. But now here are the men from Ammon. So now he's like, okay, but here's the situation. God, you've helped us before. You are amazing. I have made a commitment to you, but here's the situation. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they're repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance? It's like, God, we got a situation here. God, you're amazing. You've been faithful, but now we've got a situation. Present the needs you have. I want to encourage you over the next 21 days, have a list of things that you need from God. Start with praise. Remind yourself of what he's done, but then, then bring him to God. Jesus tells us boldly, bring it, whatever you ask for, whatever you ask for. Come, come every day and say, God, I'm praying for this. I'm praying for this friend to be saved. I'm praying for this job that we've been praying for. I'm praying for this provision that we need so desperately. God, we're going to pray. We're going to believe. And then he humbles himself. Verse 12, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no, watch this. This, I love this line. I pray this line a lot. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. Lord, our resources, not enough. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. I love that last little phrase. Get the whole family. Get the whole family. Jen and I did this last week. We got the whole family as we kicked off the year. Got them all together. We prayed for each one, had the others pray for each one, laid our hands on them. I love how honest and vulnerable this, this is. Some things you can share with your kids and some things they don't, they don't need to know, obviously. But it's okay to, to bring them in and be like, hey, kids, you know what? You can see that army just as much as we can. And yeah, they're gonna come kill us. But God is greater and we're gonna look to God. You know what that is? There's a humility and a confidence. Be humble and confident. We could spend a lot of time talking about this. We could spend a whole message just talking about this. But what it is saying is, God, I'm desperate. I don't have, I don't have what it takes. My confidence is not in how smart I am or how wise I am or how righteous I am or how good I have been but it's in how good you are. So I'm looking to you. And I know you can do anything. So I might be facing a situation that is, that is a mountain, but you are a mountain mover. I might be facing a situation that, is, that, is, that the doctors say there is no good outcome. You are my divine healer. And it's with faith and it's with confidence that you can go to God. Humility and confidence. Verse 14. We're just walking through this passage. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, Jehash and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. How cool is that? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to hear that? Now, when did that happen? Did it happen before prayer or after prayer? After prayer. 
after prayer. The reality is, why? Because what they did, they were God's people, but they trusted God with their situation. When you seek him, you will find him. When you look to him, he will be involved. He will be as involved as you want him to be. God is, God is not going to push himself on you. He's not going to make himself be involved in your life. He's just patient, patiently waiting for an invitation. Will you invite me in? And when you do, he responds. He says, the battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. And I just can't think of a better way to start the year than this. Saying, God, I'm going to be with you. You are going to be with me. So that when we go through something, I'm not going through it alone. I'm going through it with God. That's what Christmas is all about, right? Emmanuel, God with us. So God is with us. He will be with us to the degree that we want him to be. So I want to encourage you. That's what 21 days of fasting and prayer is about. God, I want you to be with me. And so I'm going to spend time with you. The Lord is with you when you are with him. So spend time seeking God. Spend time in his presence. 21 days. This is, you don't have to pray for three hours. If you do, that's amazing. I would encourage you to do it. But some of you are like, man, you, you, don't, you don't pray at all. That's okay. You could take a step. You can pray for five minutes. Like five, give God five good minutes every day for 21 days and watch him change your life. I promise you. I promise you. Some of you are a little bit more experienced, a little bit more veteran at prayer. You could go a little bit longer. The point is not the, the, point is not the quantity, it's the quality. So just, just doing something to do, it doesn't matter. Like, put your heart in it. Put your heart in it. Give God your all. Give God 21 days of, God, I'm seeking you, and I'm believing you, and I'm praising you, and I'm just telling you, watch what God will do. Amen? Amen. You stand with me all across this place. We're just going to dedicate this year. Us, those who are praying for others to come to the front. Worship team can come. We're going to get ready just to seek God for a moment together. So check this out. True story. Last night, I was thinking about, I was like, man, Jehoshaphat. When's the last time I talked about Jehoshaphat? Last night, literally, 10 o'clock at night, I started looking back, and the last time I talked about Jehoshaphat was January 2020. And who knew the battles all of us would face? I did not. You did not. You know, 2020, all the churches, we all did this cute little thing, vision, 2020 vision. Let's have a vision for chaos. Nobody knew, but God did. And I'm so glad we started our year seeking God like that. Saying, God, the battle's not mine, it's yours. The battle is not mine, it's yours. You're facing a battle, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. It is the Lord's. You, don't, you know the battle? Awesome. Maybe you don't, you still give it to him. Say, God, the good, the bad, the ugly, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you my family giving you my job. I'm giving you, I'm giving you my, my needs. I'm giving you the things that I, my burdens, my anxieties, I'm giving them to you because I know you care for me. Amen. That is a